Okay. Okay, hold on. You you are recording, right, Keenan? <laughs> okay, Jeff, are you recording? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Hi, welcome to the Common Briefing Program, usually a delightful conversation between friends, but today we gather together to battle Keenan's computer and its myriad issues. Uh, so joining me in battle today, Another my name's Colin. Mac product. <laughs> Spoiler I'm alert, Keenan's not by... even one of the people on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hacking the episode the whole time. All right. Hello. My name is Colin. Uh, this is a an offshoot of the Common Geeking Program, where each month we discuss the hottest headlines in geek news. And boy, is this a time where geek news is the thing we should be talking about the most. Uh, <laughs> I am joined by Keenan and Jeff. Sup? It's me, Keenan. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Jeff Levitt. I didn't. I didn't really think of a, a fucking funny subtitle for myself, so that's just who I am. After our, our what is it, almost 40 minutes of technical difficulties, we are yes. here to bring you the news. Uh, we are going to the talk news. about, we are going to talk about what has happened in April of 2020 in terms of geek news and entertainment. Can and we, um, we talk about the news? Are you, are you wearing a shirt under your hoodie? No, why would I? Okay, <laughs> just... Also, there's no hood. I actually thought he, yeah, the way the shadow of the blinds, yeah. it looks like the collar. But yeah, now that he's nah, moving, it's very no. strange that his shirt is like moving in those layers. Um, so what we're going to do is we're each going to spend a little less time than I originally planned to talk about the stories that we think are the most interesting or impactful, at least for us, uh, as we have spent our April 2020 doing exactly what everyone thought they would be doing in April of 2020, sitting at home. So let's actually jump right in. I only have a couple things to talk about this month to keep everybody up to speed on geeky happenings. It is a month of Metroidvanias for me. I've been spending a lot of time playing these little platformer games, and there are two that I wanna that I wanna spotlight. For those who don't know, Metroidvania is a subgenre of platformer or action adventure games where instead of just having action and adventures, you also have kind of a tightly designed set of progression and upgrades and cool things that you get so that you explore the world in a way that is tied to your upgrades. Think Zelda, think Metroid, think Castlevania, where, hey, there's a door you can't open, but suddenly, uh-oh, now you got a bomb, you can open it. And it makes oh, the game shit, feel kind bomb? of dynamic. Yeah, bombs are kind of the innovation I want to talk about. Bombs are but... keys in Metroid. <laughs> That's tr it's actually true. Um, the... So the progression of Metroidvanias are kind of fun because even though they're tightly scripted in design in some ways, they give you the feeling of like a strong connection between your character and the world. And I'm a big sucker for that game. So like last month, I played Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which talked about on last month's briefing program. I just went through Guacamelee 2 again and I got through all the achievements. But I also got my hands on two new games that I want to spotlight. First is a little game called Gato Robato. This is an independently developed platformer. It is monochromatic, meaning it is only black and white. And it is uh, designed in the style of games in the 80s or 90s, even though games in the 80s and 90s had color. This one does not. And at first I thought that would kind of be a detriment. It's not. You play as a cat on a uh, kind of space station lab, and you get this robot suit 
and you're a cat in a robot suit. And sometimes you leave the robot suit and you're just running around as the cat. So right off the bat, I'm interested in this cat game. <laughs> it's got cats, Second, it's got robots, it is, it's got no graphics. Ex- what else could you want? <laughs> it is extremely similar in design to the original Metroid, like clearly and inspired by sort of deal with the uh the interconnected world these long vertical hallways and even just the structure of how walls are designed you know broken down by blocks much like you'd see in mario but it's styled like metroid in a way that felt familiar to me i was imagining it as like 8-bit or something this makes a lot more sense yeah, so Gato Robato, Metroidvanias, uh, one of the hooks is often because the world is so particularly designed, not like an Assassin's Creed game, which is just meant to be sprawling and open. It's like these games are more curated in their maps. And this game is, it, it kind of leans into the idea that because you have such a limited world, you want to go through as fast as you can. People are encouraged to play Metroidvanias over and over again and like do it faster and faster. My first run through this game at 100% took me like three and a half hours like it's a short game it is a bite-sized game that even if you're just looking to play something casual uh you could play it in an afternoon and then go about your business and I thought that was really cool I really appreciate that as like a bite-sized experience and I was able to play it because on the Xbox it is part of Xbox uh, Game Pass which is a subscription that I have so it's like when a movie comes on Netflix and you're like free movie even though you're paying for it you just don't think about it. Uh, so I was like, free game. I lied to myself and spent four hours playing. Um, but it is it is delightfully fun. It, like The graphics are super lo-fi, but somehow using only black and white pixels, it did an excellent job of like setting different tones for each area. Like the place that was fiery, you could tell the difference between a block that was on fire and a block that was not, which blocks are destructible and which ones are not. And I just turned this into a Dr. Seuss book. So the... (laughs) Not enough enough color for that. (laughs) Not enough color. (laughs) One fish, two fish, black fish, white fish. The, The actual game itself is surprisingly efficient. And I think the graphics embody that because you would think that a game with such lo-fi graphics would be uninteresting to look at, but it's not. It is... It is just a delightful little game where if you're just looking to have fun, it has it. It has just enough extra goodies and collectibles for you to dig beneath the surface. And the uh, crucially, the upgrades that you get, they change the way you play the game. Like, you know, you think you understand how to move around the world and suddenly you get a weird double jump that you didn't even think about. And you're like, wow, oh, this double changes liter- literally everything. Uh, you don't get upgrades yeah. for the for, for the cat, though. As the cat, you're you're just a cat. Um, but for some reason, the cat can breathe underwater indefinitely. I tried not to think about that two month, too much, too much. Um, I tried to do that for two months, only the one. (laughs) It's been, that's what I've been thinking about all of April and I really need to get it off my chest. Um, Do I double jump? But I I think, especially considering I just came off of the game's, uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which is like a universally acclaimed masterclass video game. It was okay. I think a good. I think. I think a good, I think a good Metroidvania. I, <laughs> I think a good Metroidvania. Um, I was surprised that something this paired back, where every frame of Ori and the Will of the Wisps looks like, you know, a 
a painting and this game looks like it was drawn on a napkin at times. I still enjoyed this immensely and Gato Robato is something I think people should be checking out. Um, it's not very expensive if you don't have Game Pass, but if you do have Game Pass, it is as expensive as every other game you don't think you're paying for. Is it on Steam? Um, uh... Uh, I believe it is, yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. I know it's definitely on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, let me see. Got Roboto. Yes. Okay, so when you say you get new yes, uh, like abilities and you learn how to explore the area further, is this like you mm-hmm. have to go back and realize, oh, I could reach that door, but I had to wait until I had wall yeah, climbing. Yeah, that's what Metro Advantage so, do. Yeah, yeah, no, that, just, uh, yeah, no, I just that's... encountered this uh, a weird mm-hmm. uh, predicament recently in a similar style of, like exploration game. So I was playing... Uh, Star Wars Fallen Order, and there was a bunch yeah. of puzzles that I, like, honestly, I was getting really frustrated with, because I didn't yes. know if I, like, I had that did I just too. not have the power up, or do I, am I just being dumb? And then, like, yeah, and once I got the Star power Trek, up, I was like, oh, it's Star Trek, I could just fuck? go up this, oh my god. Jedi Fallen Order is not billed Solid. as a Metroidvania, but, and we've had this conversation on the podcast before, it's more but of it a is. Souls-like, <laughs> it's like a souls light, but it, yeah. the Dark Souls style of video game, where you have to, like, you know, the you, you need to get past things that are very different difficult to kill and then you unlock another checkpoint those worlds unfold in a very similar way where progression is not about moving places it's about unlocking things so yes jedi fallen order i think is very much a metroidvania but this game gato robato does not rely on backtracking in the same way because the game is so quick you can go back places and it's easier but i believe it's possible to get everything on the first run without having to backtrack if you know Mm. what you're doing and know what you're looking for um there's one area that you have to return to, but it's like once for an objective, not because, oh no, I couldn't jump high enough for the door. Uh, so if you do not like backtracking of Metroidvania is keen and you might be pleasantly surprised by this game. There is yeah, so another I one. Uh, I, I said An- that I don't mind backtracking. I just, like, I spent, like, two hours trying to figure out four platforms. It turns out all I need to do was just find a random power. I'm like, oh, there you go. I'm like, oh, wow. Wait, where was this in the game? Because I beat the shit out of Fallen uh, Order. One of the side rooms on Kashyyyk. Just, like, on, on like, this platform, there's, like, one of the collectors yeah. that goes. That, and- Kashyyyk was the most annoying place to get around for me because of how vertical yeah. it was. And you don't have all those wall run extra jump abilities till fairly late in the game yeah like it's just it's fine i just want to know i just want games to present to me when it's yeah you can't put puzzles in there too because it's like all right am i not figuring it out or do i just not have yeah. the tools yeah, yeah. A the, times there's I a mentality that. with metroidvanias that i i wish that some of them got out of the way earlier which is if you get stuck find a place you haven't gone if you're frustrated with a metroidvania it's likely because you're not following that idea i'm stuck on this yeah. puzzle let me just go somewhere else i share that trait with you keenan and i i find myself in that trap a lot um now another metroid inspired game i don't think it bills itself as a metroidvania but it is very much inspired by metroid prime the first person shooter metroid game uh this released in january but it got added to game pass this month so it came under my radar and i think it's release on game pass for both pc and xbox will make it available to a lot of people who would have skipped it otherwise journey to the savage planet this game was designed by some folks that uh worked on assassin's creed previously so you've got some game design pedigree in this game it's essentially it's a first person kind of exploration comedy Hmm. where you crash on a planet (laughs) and you work for this corporation that doesn't care about you 
and literally the 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 premise the souls like premise is when you die they just 3d print a copy of you and send you back out to keep exploring so it's based in reality exactly yes (laughs) um and there's like this loose language about like this is great just don't get printed 50 times because then your brain pathways might sort of degrade. But don't worry about it. We won't get you won't die that much. <laughs> uh, I've died that much. It doesn't do that. But it freaked me out for the first while. I'm like, oh, God, am I going to am I going to lose all my progress? The the AI, whenever you die, snarkily remarks like, well, you did your best. It wasn't very good, but it was your best. And so that's just kind of the general tone of the game. But it's just, it's a first-person shooter. You have a gun, but you're spending just you as much time. Gun. You do. You have a gun, but you're, but it's like, it's, it's unlimited ammo. So the gun is really just meant as like a mechanic to defend yourself. It's not like Halo and Call of Duty where you're running gunning. Uh, but you're spending a lot of time scanning things. The way that you upgrade is by like doing exploratory missions and like Gato Robato, it's not that long. It's it's a game that you can get through pretty quickly, but it is so much more dense with collectibles that after maybe 10 hours of playing, I've still got a lot of work left to do. Um, but if we're talking about like we're all stuck inside and we're just looking for stuff to do, mm-hmm. Journey to the Savage Planet, I picked it up not really knowing what to expect, and I was like, this feels kind of like Metroid, and I did it a little digging. I'm like, it's based on Metroid Prime, which is one of the highest-rated games of all time. Um, but it is a goofy game. You can play it in co-op. It's available on pretty much everything, and I think that it's it, it feels like a breath of fresh air. As someone who plays a lot of Metroidvanias, plays a lot of shooters, plays a lot of platformers, um... I I was kind of surprised by just a game that is like, here's a weird world. Everything's goofy. It doesn't make much sense. Who gives a shit? The way you unlock doors is by kicking small birds into the mouths of carnivorous plants. Like, it's just, <laughs> like it, it. It, it is begging you to just kind of not give a shit about what's happening and just play the game. And I think it's a big success for that. So that's what I've been doing is uh, Gato Robato and uh, Journey to the Savage Planet. I highly recommend them both. They're not big commitments, and they are very rewarding. Nice. 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 All right. Keenan, what are you bringing to the table? What is? What have you been geeking out about for April? Uh, one of the things I've been geeking out about, uh, well, there's two things I thought I'd, I'd bring. Both are kind of small. One, because I haven't been able to do it, and the other one I haven't been able to do it as much. One, uh, the National Theater Live, uh, which if you are unfamiliar with, is basically a company that records like live theater, mm-hmm. and they would usually broadcast it into either live via encore performances into mm-hmm. uh, like movie theaters. But they also record it, and they've actually been releasing it on a weekly basis for the past month. Uh, I miss Servant of cool. Two, One Man, Two Governors, which is James Corden, Corbett, Corbett uh, James. Late night with James Corden. Cordon Blue. Cor- him. Uh, he was in this play called One Man Two Governors, which was a mod- like a updated take on James Crumpopolis. Uh, yeah, on uh, the Servant of, of Two Masters, which is a classic comedian of the RT play. I wasn't able to watch as much as that one because it was two and a half hours, and I just didn't. I couldn't yeah. find time for it because I'm still working. Uh, is this is this the thing that you subscribe to? Is this free? Like, how do they? No, this, this is this is up free on youtube whoa uh, that's awesome for a couple days each 
Yeah, the next one, I just watched a Treasure Island uh, last week, which was okay. I mean, it was pretty good. The set was amazing. Like, it came out of the floor, and it was two stories, and mwah. The comedic timing <laughs> on uh, some of them could have been done, done a little better, but that's that's whatever. Uh, the next one is coming up, actually, this Friday, uh, Thursday, Friday, because every Thursday they put up a new one. Um, they re- it replaces the old one, so, like, you know, if you want to watch it. Ah, uh, gotcha. Now. So this Thursday, okay. as in yesterday for when this episode airs yeah so yesterday and i hopefully will have watched because it's on thursday friday actually so today so watch it now uh <laughs> up is bennett cumberbatch in um frankenstein Ooh. And I forget who he's, is he i feel like i've heard about that performance the monster or the scientist he's playing both the monster and the scientist and he is are those uh, two characters never on the same Never there no, at the they, same time. They are. They switch roles. Him and. Uh, oh, oh, I see. Uh, okay. What is it, Johnny Lee Miller? So they're, he's not uh, playing both the monster and the scientist in the same at the same. They time. don't do that thing where they have the bifurcated <laughs> costume where his left half of his body is one, and he's well, just, just turning turn back around, and forth. Just, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so they on Thursday I think it will be Cumberbatch as the monster, and then the next day it will be uh, Lee Miller as. <laughs> Monster. Actually, common common uh, misconception. His name is actually Benedict Cumberbatch's monster. Benedict Cumberbatch created you're right. him. You're right. My, my bad. Yeah, Star, I feel like Benedict having that having that dual casting. I feel like is kind of confusing for the Frankenstein misconception. You're like, oh yeah, I saw I saw Benedict Cumberbatch playing Frankenstein. No, he was playing Frankenstein's monster. No, he was playing Frankenstein. The scientist. Fuck you, yeah. Bill. I saw him. Um, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it because I hear the set's amazing. I've already seen a little. They've been releasing a little clip. Uh, it's up for like a week. The one that they just did was Twelfth Night, which I didn't. I didn't watch on principle just because they they cast Malvolio as like a uh, like a chick, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for like casting whoever you want as people as long as it matters for the play. But a play based on misunderstandings in which gender becomes a thing. Hmm. Oh, like it's it's like it's part of the part of yeah, the plot of the show. Night. Yeah, mm. it's twelve. It's twelve night. You know the plot of twelve night. It's like you know some girl washes ashore on a place. She pretends to be a dude because it's dangerous for women to you know be around uh, in general, okay. let alone in the twelfth century. And then she's then told by her bro who's taking care of her, it's like, yo, man, I need you to be a solid. Go help me, like, talk to this lady next door. And the lady's, oh, I love this messenger so much. So, like, so he, wait, wait a minute. She, does, does he play exactly. her? No, she will be playing uh, the one of the characters who is, like, told. One of the characters is, like, kind of messed with, like, this uppity butler a woman's playing and like it just you just can't like play with the gender roles in it'd be like are you saying it'd be like casting a woman as the man playing mrs doubtfire like casting a woman in robin (laughs) williams's role like you're you're going several layers too deep yeah it's just kind of weird granted they aren't casting those they're casting uh one character who like hits on like the 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 lady of the house because mm. he's he in the play is the head butler and like it's yeah. like oh creepy dude get the fuck away with me I don't know who told you I love you or not you know uh, but frankly now it just comes off as like and then eventually he's in prison and it comes off kind of weird when it's a lady because now it seems like oh gay prison uh, it just it doesn't play as well in my opinion I've seen it done before and it doesn't play anyway uh, the other thing I want to talk about 
uh, <laughs> less less complicated. Uh, oh, also, uh, next after Frankenstein, it's gonna be Anthony and Cleopatra with Ralph Fiennes as Mark Ant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, what's been happening? If you have missed it, it's still going on. D and D has been releasing free resources. Oh, really? Uh, just every yeah every day on weekdays for the past couple weeks. Wow. And yeah, like adventures, coloring books. Uh, originally, they released some like basic like here's how to start and here's some adventures you can hear some pre-made characters now they're mostly just like here's some backgrounds in case you want to you know use them for your zoom because that's a thing uh <laughs> they're releasing introductory adventures and other like higher level five to ten but they just the one they just released today is let's see today is okay so today is the 28th uh, they're not haven't released anything yet today, but they will. And they released yesterday a adventure, the Pool of Radiance Resurgent, and adventure for five to ten. Uh, levels five to ten. That's cool. The, well, that's snazzy. I feel like I should know that, but I didn't know that at all. Yeah, I yeah. have not heard. So about if that. I was playing D and D, because all my D and D friends also just decided that we're like, oh, we're gonna be real busy right now. Uh, Jeff. Uh, just kidding. Jeff has a reason. He had to teach a painting class remotely. I don't even know how that's done. Anyway, I said a while uh, ago that I said a while ago once we went remote that that I'd be down to play because it turns out I don't have that much going on. <laughs> uh, well, I we're getting on it now. Yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, yeah. So if you're into D and D, there's a bunch of you know free adventures going out, and it's literally it literally says in this fancy little badge, if D and D adventures await, stay at home, play at home. That's sick. Nice. Uh, yeah, they're just so they're just giving away free material. And they have a bunch slated for the rest of this week. Yeah. That's dope as shit. That's great. Right? If you, yeah, if anyone listening doesn't play D and D, well, that's not true. But if anyone is listening that doesn't play D and D, then I highly recommend. Uh, like, if there's a bunch of free starting stuff out there, what it, what is it? D and D Beyond dot com? Is that where it is? No, it's not D. It's it is uh it is Dungeons and Dragons itself. Oh, okay, so Dungeons yeah. and Dragons dot com. Yeah, if I said D and D Beyond earlier, that's my bad. I don't think uh, you did. I I made an assumption. Yeah. A foolish assumption. It no, would seem. Uh, the dungeons. Uh, D D D N D dot wizards dot com. We'll gotcha. There. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the letter N. Yeah. No, it's fun stuff because you know everyone loves. Everyone who's not a nerd loves D and D. Yeah. That is the common conception. <laughs> I'm glad that we're upholding that. Thank you, Keenan. Yeah. I actually, those were two things that were totally off my radar. It's been a while since we had you on the show, and I'm very happy you brought a different flavor. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna actually transfer it over to Jeff. Jeff, what's happening with Transformers? What's it's happening? Not, it's not to do with Transformers today, actually. <gasps> I doubt that. I want to talk about the new season of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Actually, I was gonna talk about that till you stole it, but I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was a little bit worried that you maybe you didn't see my message and then you were just gonna launch into it and I was gonna have to call you out because I didn't have, fucking have anything else to talk about, but. No, I'm, you I'm like messaged that, have... that I was like, because uh, like you were like, oh, you want to be in it? I was like, oh, sure, I can <clears> respond. Let me just uh, so I'm doing the Clone Wars, and you're like, I'm gonna do the Clone Wars. I was like, ah, right. Well, because I had to, I had to we'll point that out right off the bat because I specifically messaged Colin and asked to be on this episode before that post went up so that I could talk about Clone Wars. <laughs> Cause yeah, Jeff, after you left that comment, Keenan sent me a series of photos recreating that Pablo Escobar thing where he's just staring out into the emptiness, <laughs> sad and alone. <laughs> So the 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 so the new season <laughs> of Star Wars: The Clone Wars that is on Disney Plus. Um, this is well, seven or eight? Seven. Okay. And it's the final final season. The finals for sure. 
<laughs> we're gonna get into that um oh uh, it's, it, ha- it has to be the thought <laughs> yeah so it actually started out in, in late february but the episodes that i mostly want to talk about are the four-part finale uh, two of which are out right now, and then the other, the third one airs today, May first, the day this episode the comes Fridays, out. Yeah. And then the the last one I think is next Friday. That's right. Yeah. The, what is that? Every the eighth. Yeah. Um. Ow. But what's what's cool about these four episodes is uh the the first episode is actually leading right up to the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, and the last three episodes take place during revenge of the sith which i think is like yeah, a like really it's happening yeah like it's it's like you know the the fucking one of the things we see with anakin and obi-wan in the first episode is they go off to go rescue the chancellor right and it's like it's not like totally clear that that's what's happening when it starts off they just know that there's some battle going on above coruscant right but then in the oh, second yeah. episode that's clear no, yeah, it's like you can you can figure it out, but it's not like you know. But then, like in the 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 uh, the second episode, like Ahsoka's doing her thing, and then she gets like a thing from Obi Wan, and she's talking to him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, Count Dooku is dead," and I'm just like, "Oh shit, oh shit, we're right here, aren't we?" <laughs> did it? But, did, but at any point in the show, did somebody say, "Do it"? Because that was the only impactful thing about Count Dooku's death was Palpatine <laughs> saying. Do it. No, but that's the only thing the, I took away from that. The thing that I want to talk about because I think it's really interesting is that like these episodes recontextualize like a lot of the details from Revenge of the Sith, and like in some ways actually make it a better movie. <laughs> like, because um, I, I think out of the out of those three, Revenge of the Sith is already definitely the strongest one. Um, I would say the audience can't tell. I'm narrowing my eyes with suspicion and doubt. It doesn't make it like a perfect uh, movie. You can't. Fucking... I like episode three. I do too. I would say I like most of what's in episode three. The only thing that I have a problem with is like all of the Anakin stuff. Just, be... <laughs> but like oh, everything you mean else. The movie about how Anakin uh, becomes Darth Vader. Uh, that's, what? That's, that's 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 most of the prequels. You know? Yeah. Like man, Obi Wan intrigue Clone Wars good. But just because you know they they cut out a lot of the they like the a lot of the back and forth tension between anakin and obi-wan doesn't make any goddamn sense because like one time at like one moment they're like okay i think we settled this conflict for now and then the next moment anakin's just like i fucking hate obi-wan and it's just like whoa but anyway we're not here to talk about Sorry, revenge of the Sith. clone wars I, we'll, we'll talk about it later but clone wars ruins the obi-wan anakin dynamic in my opinion but we'll find out oh the the show you mean the recent the new season really messes it up just because uh so at one point he's having a clandestine communication with Padme, right? Like, real mm-hmm. quiet, like, Rex, watch the door. I'm gonna hologram my, like, pregnant wife. Which is weird because he's supposed to be told that she's pregnant, you know, in the movie. Which is confusing, but whatever. Like, let's ignore that. The point is... Does he know she's pregnant like, at that point? Yes, they talk about it and it's confusing. Anyway, huh. the point is... I missed the point that. I'm concerned... Yeah, the point I'm concerned about is, like, they open the door after, like, Obi-Wan comes walking around, like, what's going on here? You're like, oh, just, you know, doing a spot check on Rex, da 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 And then, it, like, he's walking away, not, like, he's like, ha ha foo, secret kept. And then Obi-Wan just goes, I hope you told Padme I said hi. But, Did so he? this is, no, 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 no. So now, now the whole, like, he knows about it, you want me to, you want me to, what, you want to know what that means is happening? When they're all walking away after, like, they save the Chancellor, Mace Windu, and Obi-Wan are definitely walking, going, Hey, has he told you yet? Nah, man, why hasn't he? I don't know. He just keeps, like, sneaking around doing it. Well, we all have, like, previous loves from, like, our 
our, our Jedi days? Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I totally probably bone Satine at least once or twice. The point is, like, yeah, whatever. So have you seen the fan theory about how her nephew looks like a combination of Obi-Wan and Satine? And it's like, hmm, yeah, okay. No, um, it just it just makes it weird that, like, why don't we go to Obi-Wan for help? No, he would never understand. Do he already knows you're, like, sneaking away and having weird private conversations? No way in, he would want them two together. In my opinion, I whatever. think I think it's <laughs> I think it's clear in Revenge of the Sith that Obi-Wan, that Anakin is maybe in denial about the fact that Obi-Wan knows, but Obi-Wan definitely fucking knows. Right. Because like when when like when he's talking to Padme, he's like, Anakin is the father. Right. And that's before he that's before any of them have had. So like, I I get what you're saying that like Anakin should have some awareness that Obi-Wan knows. But like, I I don't think it's it's it breaks it for Obi-Wan to have known about this prior because like he clearly had deduced this in the movie without it nah, being a confession. Nah, my issue is in everyone knowing it's like why Anakin was just like, oh, we can't trust any Jedi with this issue. Why would okay, we, why would we okay, trust okay. everyone? I'm, I'm out of my depth. At this point, I'm stepping in as a referee because I don't know what the hell is happening. Okay. Uh, Jeff, before Keenan draws you into a never-ending argument about this point that I'm sure is... well, th- I'm not saying it's patronizing. Like, winning, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's well thought out. I'm sure it's well thought out. But, Jeff, yeah. is this the point you came to discuss today, or is there another thing that we should get to? No, no, I mean, it's it's mostly oh, about... Oh, I don't care. Go ahead, Keenan. No, no, I mean, no, no. It's it's mostly anyway. about... It's interesting <laughs> because it, it, it contextualizes some stuff from Revenge of the Sith. It contextualizes some stuff from Star Wars Rebels. And I'm, I'm not sure, but I think by the fourth episode, it might actually contextualize some stuff for The Mandalorian as well. Um... Because, like, Maybe. in The Mandalorian, he talks about, like, a purge, which I, I think is implied is not talking about Order 66, but is talking about no, something no, no, no. on Mandalore, uh, right? No, that's that's reference to the Imperial purge because at the end of the mandalorian the uh that grant that moff there shows up and he's like i was there for the i think like, it's moff gideon the, yeah yeah moff gideon says oh i was there on the purge so that implies that it's uh that happened that must happen sometime during the empire's days and before you know like the new republic okay yeah but i i'm not because well, like maybe maybe that will be led up to they'll be like we'll have a resistance yeah. or something and like we'll be like oh, okay because we're only halfway through so we can't tell yet yeah because these this four episode thing that's focusing on ahsoka tano um who is, you know, the original character who we know to have survived order 66 because she shows up in rebels um her whole plot is on Mandalore, like, you know, you like fighting a, uh, I don't know if they're the resistance or if they're fighting the resistance. Darth Maul is like a big thing in it. And no, Darth Maul is being a crime lord. Yeah. Took over Mandalorian in the previous Mandalore in the previous season and has since spread his ways through various crime groups. Right. So she's, she's there fighting with the loyalists, right? Like the people yeah. who are loyal to Darth Maul fighting against the loyalists. I yeah. Guess I say. Do yeah. any of these things yeah. make episode nine make sense? It couldn't possibly. We're not going to talk about episode. Oh, nine. episode nine. <laughs> so, like, no. Just, I mean, there's a lot of good in episode nine, so I won't, I won't get into it. It's just there's uh, a lot of good in episode nine, but each thing is separate from every other good thing. I've got to say though, yeah. I like originally, like I've, I've been a hater of the Darth Maul is alive thing for a while. But yeah. like 100% seeing this, I don't know, seeing it play out. I don't 
hate it as much. Um, I'm absolutely opposed to their decision to put him in solo, but I, I don't really, like, I it doesn't bother me as much because, like, I've been watching a lot of things that, like, you know, contextualizes his whole sort of, like, you know, journey. And I think that stupid decisions were made along the way, but I think that, like, with where the characters are now and how they have to deal with them, I think that it's being handled really well. I've been seeing a lot of stuff online that are saying, like, the 10th episode of season seven is... Like, a lot of people are considering it to be the best episode so far of the Clone Wars show. I've been seeing a lot of stuff is like that. that. The one, is that that's, the one that's coming up, or the one that just happened? Episode 10 is the second episode in that four in that four. Oh, so the one that just happened. Yeah, it was, it was good. I still, I don't know, I still think Maul's a weird choice. Yeah. I think he's but, just... But it's um, interesting at this point, because, like, realistically, he is actually the only character that would have some awareness of the of the shit that's about to go down that isn't, you know, uh, part of the sick. Yeah, sure, but my, <clears throat> my issue, once again, is the only blood spray, sorry, blood mist, uh, caused by a lightsaber in, like, the entire series. Push down a shaft after being cut in half, but you're right, he lives. But don't worry, yeah. like, all these, like, fucking, sorry, uh, Mace Windu, who just had his hand cut off and kind of electrocuted and thrown off a tall building... All things people survive in this, Listen, in this universe. Oh, he's dead. I absolutely, no, like I said, it just, I absolutely I agree with that, so Keenan. I agree with that wholeheartedly, but that is a earlier in the Clone Wars problem for me. Now that Maul is alive, yeah, I'm yeah, fine yeah. with him being alive. You know what I mean? Well, the the, the other thing I have that problem with is that is this is mainly just like new canon versus old canon. Uh, in the old what, canon... Are, are, Maul- you, are you still butthurt about Star Wars Legends being a thing and like how all that stuff was blown out the airlock when Disney bought it? Uh, a little bit just because we keep stealing from it. Yeah, that's, okay. That's my, no, like, that. stop reminding me about it. Like, oh, robot, oh, wall has robot legs. Oh, for a second, I, for a second, that. I thought you were talking to me directly. Like, yeah, I'm mad about it. Colin, stop reminding me about it. That's what I thought just happened. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, oh, mall has robot legs and came back. Well, that was something someone thought of originally, but it was done kind of better, in my opinion. A lot of the stuff that we keep stealing feels recycled and not as good. Mm-hmm. And just, I yeah. don't know, I like the original it's Disney. idea. Yeah, but also just like what it implies was also like i liked better yeah. because originally maul was supposed to be sidious's apprentice the whole time palpatine planned for maul to succeed him and like that was his whole thing and then out of nowhere maul gets iced by some padawan on like naboo and he's like oh i now have to readjust my plans again so it just kind of makes palpatine not this <laughs> everything is going as i planned and more like ha fuck uh, well, did you? But I mean, I like, did you it's see him in Episode battle. Nine? Clearly, everything did go according to his plan. He knew all Except these things were going to happen, and he was there on the whole time. We don't. We didn't one, even talk about Episode uh, Nine. Right one, now. <laughs> it was it was a failed clone that he's there. That's that's who the city is in Nine is. He's a failed clone. Really? Somehow, because yeah. everybody says know. something different. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I and think apparently, the canonic- kiss is not is not romantic. And that's canon, and it, you're lying to me. Canonically, is a clone of Sidious. Uh, the fact that they can say full, flat out that it, canonically it's a clone of Sidious when that's not mentioned in the fucking movie is yes infuriating to me. Yeah, but yeah. <clears throat> so, so I guess what I'm trying to get at fun. here is. Given the strange state that Star Wars is currently in, both in terms of canon mm-hmm. and fandom, how are you feeling about this latest season of Clone Wars? Is this, this what you wanted out of Star Wars? This, in my opinion, That's is good. an excellent addition to the Star Wars canon. 
is the point that I was trying to get at here. Um, No, 100%. And I, you know, for a while, like, I I didn't give a shit about about Clone Wars for a while, um, but there was, like, a lot of it that I did like, so I ended up getting into it, and, like, you know, there's still aspects that I don't think are great, but, like, it's it's managed to switch my opinion on a lot of decisions that it made that I thought were stupid, like the whole chips in the stormtrooper or in the uh, the clone troopers thing. I didn't like initially, but now I'm kind of excited to see where that leads up because we know from Rebels that Rex, the the clone trooper that they added as a main character in uh, in Clone Wars that he actually did not execute Order 66 because he was able to disable his chip. And we're about to see that happen. Because, yeah, because we're because before that. it's just like, oh, why wouldn't he have been with Anakin in Revenge of the Sith since he was like his clone trooper guy? And now it's explained that because like, you know, Ahsoka went to go lead this mission on Mandalore and she wanted Anakin and Obi-Wan to go help her. But they're like, oh, we actually have to go rescue the Chancellor right now. Like, that's what has to happen. Um, so, th- so Anakin ends up giving her like her own unit of, uh, of clone troopers, including Rex and like most, and like half of his, you know, the, what is it? The 501st? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, which is, which is exciting to see happening. And that, that also brings up another thing in that, like, it's, it's bringing up some of the, the justification for why people don't all think that the Jedi order or the, like these no. magnificent being because like. Basically, she's saying like, oh, they have to go rescue the Chancellor and this is like a total political play when in fact they could be going and helping these people on Mandalore that are actually, which like, I don't, you know, it, it's bringing up the I, debate. I, you know, I don't, no, I don't I, know where I land, yeah. but. Yeah, no, I, I respect <clears throat> that they are trying, that they try to make the Jedi wrong sometimes because yeah. that is something the movies consistently failed to do. It's I, I think episode eight did a home. very good job of it, and I'm glad <laughs> that it did because it's the one that most people pay attention to and least consider divisive. Um, But the thing that, I, like, it's, it's. Eight. No, we're not Last talking Jedi. about. We're not talking yeah, about that eight. trilogy. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, uh, the, the, no, I think the movie succeeded in saying the Jedi are assholes in that movie, and that's why a lot of people didn't like it. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I understand what you're saying, Jeff. My issue is they're not choosing between the Chancellor and people. They're choosing yeah. between ending the war. Oh, and also. Our home base is under attack. Listen, listen. Sorry, we can't help someone who, all, Kenan, who Kenan, legally Kenan, Kenan. we're not supposed to help. I'm going to put 45 not, seconds on the clock. I am not saying that it's no, that, that the argument is correct, but it does give a little bit of credence to why Anakin doesn't, you know, because like part of the complaint of episode three is why the fuck is Anakin so disenfranchised with the Jedi? Is it just because he's mad because they didn't make him a master? But now this is oh, adding a little bit more... Yeah, well, yes, that's how the movie was written, <laughs> right? But, like, this is adding, like, more justification for, like, why he would already have a, had, have had a falling out with the Jedi. Because, like, part of the thing that's leading up to this season two for, at the end of the last season was, like, ah- Ahsoka was, like basically kicked out of the Jedi Order because she got framed for, like, this huge assassination. And it was revealed at some point that, like, I'm pretty sure that, like, part of the council actually knew at some point that it wasn't her and was letting her be the fall person for it. So then when she... I'm not sure if that's correct, but... All right. So at this point, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna tie the knot on this. All right. Simply because it's exciting. All right. <laughs> uh, no, I no, the thing is I share really the excitement cool. and I and I um 
Honestly, at this, I might suggest after the season is up, doing a regular old geeking program on it because you guys got a lot to say. Yeah. And I'd be interested in hearing a longer form discussion because Clone Wars is a thing I've never really been able to sink my teeth into. And what you're saying is intriguing me in a way that nothing else really has about the show. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I, I mean, no, if, I can, really, cool. it, if I could yeah, end on builds... one point with it, is that like, yeah. The Clone Wars, I wasn't a huge fan of the way it started in the series because I thought it was made too sort of kiddie and cartoony and the characters didn't, their motivations didn't like really follow the way the characters did in the movie. But the series has evolved to be like a lot more adult and a lot more considerate of like the thing of the theme. Yeah, the themes that it's going around. And it's it's a really interesting shift. And I think that this new season is like, you know, super in that zone more than ever. And it's like... It's making me care about a lot of things that I didn't care about before, which I, I think is exciting. All right. Well, very cool. And that's yeah. on Disney Plus, right? Disney Plus exclusive? Uh, yeah. Yes. Must be. All right. It's owned by Excellent. Disney. Excellent. So. Yes. <laughs> cool. So now we're going to transition into the ratings. In this version of the show, that means we are going to try to figure out which of these stories is the top story, the one to which you, the listener, should pay the most attention for Geek News in April of 2020. So we're each going to nominate something, and then we will come to a consensus about what we think the top story of the month is. And honestly, I didn't expect this going in. I expected it to be the thing I cared about the least. I think I'm going to nominate Clone Wars just because of its broad impact and because you both have said some things that have persuaded me, which I didn't expect, to maybe pay some closer attention to it. So I, I will suggest that that is perhaps the top story for April 2020 is this latest season of Star Wars Clone Wars. I will also uh, nominate Clone Wars uh, just because uh, it's really it's what a lot of people refer to as like their prime uh, media for Star Wars this is. Mm-hmm. Just because, like Jeff said, it recontextualizes and actually puts in a lot of work into a lot of people's characterization throughout the Clone Wars. Yeah. Anakin's done so much more uh, complex. He's yeah. in depth. He's not just <laughs> massive. Granted, I will forever defend uh, the take the seat scene. Okay? Because <laughs> that, that at, without context, that scene's amazing. Okay? If that's the only reason why he doesn't like Jedi Masters, then yeah, okay. I can understand why that was dumb. That scene by itself. Mwah. But no, Clone Wars is, is really good and honestly has become very important to the Star Wars mythos in general. Very cool. So, Jeff, do you want to make this a ringer or do you have something to slide well, in? A Dark Horse Challenger. I mean, in, in the interest of nominating something that I didn't bring to the table, I think that the thing that we all talked about that is the most exciting to me other than that would be um, probably probably the D&D stuff that's being put out. I yeah. was kind of in between that and the and the the theater stuff because that's cool but yeah but truly i think we we can say that D is more of a nerd culture thing than live theater um <laughs> like there are yeah, theater nerds for fair. sure but you know so but so i like i think truthfully i would i would also agree that clone wars is the most interesting thing for me but the D stuff is also pretty exciting i would be maybe a little bit more excited about it if it sounds like i hadn't already missed the best parts of it <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, hey, you guys heard it here. Of all the geek news, 
the thing that you should be paying the most attention to is a show that you should only be paying attention to if you've watched the first six seasons and that's star wars clone wars so um I, if i can just for its for its uh congratulatory sort of statement uh i would just like to put out one sentiment about the show is that like the way the show has evolved sort of makes me want them to do just like a straight up animated redo of episode three just with these characters just because it sort of feels like oh then i'm gonna go watch episode three and i'm like man this character that was really intriguing like 20 minutes ago is now this whiny little bitch and it's oh they're gonna gonna splice that (laughs) in don't you know they're they're splicing that into the episode yeah why would you ask george lucas so he would never go back and then add animated characters to his old movies. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't that's, do that. Nor would, would he do that, that no, I don't know, 20 times. No, but it's cool because, like, I want to see because, like, people for sure are probably going to do cuts of, like, these four episodes and Revenge of the Sith that make it, like, a two hour movie. And I, I think it'd be kind of cool. But anyway, kind of cool, uh, actually. I like that kind of stuff. In, have you seen, uh, Jeff, there's been a scene, the scene on the bridge for the first episode out of the four episode, like, finale or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. They said, like, this is the scene I think Obi Wan was thinking of when he said, like, Anakin was a cunning warrior to live. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, no, there's, there's, there's a bunch of really good stuff. Uh, I will say, though, I do agree. It does start off like more kitty. I wanted to punch myself because every episode, someone has to find some place to go. Got a bad feeling about this. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, Just, no, I, I get it. I get it. That's not as bad to swallow when you're getting a new movie every some odd years. A new episode every week might be a little bit much for me if I had to deal with uh, that. Try binging it. Uh, I would recommend, though, uh, if you're going to watch it, Colin, I recommend watching it. Uh, it was released originally as an anthology, so it wasn't in Yeah. Order. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I got. I tried to watch the first few the, episodes. Yeah, I, I'd recommend watching it in chronological order because, honestly, it uh, it's better that way. Although you do get some inner sparse of, like, everyone's going to be like, why is this spark so bad? Yeah. There's so many well, things I'm just like, I did not figure out that this was out of chronological order for the longest time. And I'm like, didn't he die? I know all the clones <laughs> look alike, but yes. I'm pretty sure he's straight up dead. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so with that, sure. I think that about wraps it up. Thank you for listening. I have been Colin Ketchin, recapping Geek News for April 2020. Uh, I've been joined again by... Keenan Jordan, still without a shirt on, still here for you. <laughs> In case you forgot. <laughs> and still an amateur cryptozoologist because god knows we didn't <laughs> i'm an amateur adonis and uh you know uh what is it i'm a human cryptid there we go or one way or the other <laughs> we, that's also changed been a little bit by. uh i've been jeff lovett um you can find me on instagram at things i wish existed there's a dot between each word i post some art stuff up there uh probably gonna be doing a little bit more youtube stuff in the in the coming month or so but uh i'll be vague about that for now in case i change my mind <laughs> That's a smart idea. All right, so uh, we're going to be back in two weeks with a regular old Common Geeking Program book club where I have effectively bamboozled Jeffrey into talking about Star Trek Picard, (laughs) and boy, oh boy, am Uh, I excited. Now the sweatshirt came off, too. We will be joined by Keenan's shoulders. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, no, so right? <laughs> we'll be talking about uh, the first season of Star Trek Picard in two weeks. It'll be a big Trekkie, a sort of Trekkie, and a not really Trekkie all talking about the show. This and I'm probably going to walk away crying, but that's fine. So well, I, don't know, is I don't know why you think that I have like this terrible opinion of Star Trek. That is Patrick Brem. <laughs> I'm, I'm into all the Star Trek stuff I've seen. I just haven't seen a I'm lot of it. it. I, I, I think that I'm more just commenting that I perhaps have a frail constitution and can't deal with criticism, but perhaps <laughs> it doesn't apply to Star Trek because I will dump all over that glorious mess of a franchise. Uh, but you can hear Question that in two weeks, does. and then next month we will have another briefing program where we recap the news of May. Uh, so until then, uh, I don't know. Stay safe. Stay inside. All that stuff. Um, did you guys have something more compelling to end on? Because I uh, have lost my mind. I, I mean, something, Wilson something, Keenan, without a shirt, but... <laughs> Is that what happened? Did Keenan take off his jacket and we just totally lost all sense of structure? Yeah. I mean, how could wow. you not if you're, you're just staring at those right? beautiful yeah. reflective shoulders? <laughs> yeah. It's pale like porcelain, babe. All right, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>